Hi, I'm Jennifer Mulchandani. And I'm Heather Michaelgard. Welcome to The M Word, where we have uncensored conversations on all things marketing. Due to COVID, we are not recording in the studio and apologize for any poor audio or technical glitches. As soon as it is safe, we will have our guests with us in the studio. Until then, stay healthy and wear a mask. Hello and welcome to The M Word. My name is Jennifer Molchandani. And I'm Heather Michaelgard. And today's guest is Doreen Morin Van Dam with More in Media. Born and raised in the Netherlands, Doreen came to the United States as an au pair. And then in 2012, she created a social media agency called More in Media and has grown it to be a thriving agency that offers social media management, strategy, and much more. She's also an international speaker on topics of video, social media, and other topics. Welcome, Doreen. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. We're excited to have you. Well, why don't you help us set the stage for our listeners and tell us a little bit about what you do in marketing, what what your company is, and how that came to be. Sure. Right now, I call myself an organic specialist. I really love content marketing. So really like the ideas, the execution of the content. I really love blogging, writing, which is really how Heather and I met through writing initially. But I also do graphics and some you know, other content as well as management, also specializing in strategy. So I do strategic plans for small businesses, really as it pertains to marketing. But I got started as a local social media manager. I, I used to live in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. That's where we raised our family. And our, when our kids were little, when the youngest one of four started kindergarten, all of a sudden I had all these hours to fill of my day. And I took an online course in social media marketing. Remember in 2010, there really wasn't anything available at college that you could take. You know, most people came in from either communication or marketing or a combination, but there was no social media course that you could take uh, online. And so instead of going back to school, which I considered, I took an online course of social media marketing and literally put my shingle out on LinkedIn and called myself a social media manager and connected with a local charity who had no social media presence. They gave me the title of social media director, which then locally made me like, okay, she's working with a charity, gave me that credibility that I needed to start getting local clients. And moved, you know, stayed local for a while and then moved to from B2C to more B2B, moved out of state with some clients and now working with national clients, fewer clients, but bigger clients and really specializing in the organic social media. So I actually work with several Facebook ad agencies who need somebody like me to do the organic for their clients while they're running the ads. So Doreen, in the beginning, you said that you love marketing and just now you've said that you love writing. So talk to us about your writing process. How do you come up with it? Is it a brain dump onto a document? Do you talk it through? Do you do a video first? Talk to us about your writing process and and what works for you. Sure. So I've been blogging since 2010 and I currently blog for three clients. So that's quite a few blog posts every month, right? And then of course my own blogging kind of gets pushed to the side, but I definitely have a process in place for blog content. So I usually bulk 
everything, right? So at the beginning of the month or maybe the month prior, I think about what's upcoming. So for example, one of the blog posts I'm writing this week is don't be a fool. And it's going to go out this week, but then also highlighted on April Fool's. And that talks about don't be a fool and forget to do your security because this is for a home security business. So I try to think about what's going on in the world. So, and also I do keyword research. So I start out with the idea of a title and I sometimes will do three titles, four titles. I have one client that I blog for every single week. So I do up to eight titles at a time. So I come up with the idea. I do the keyword research. Then I wordsmith the titles, making sure that they're catchy and that people will click on them, right? A little bit of clickbait there. I, I send those off to my graphic designer and they create the images to go with it. And then I will put them in a Google Doc, all, all of those titles in a blank Google Doc. And then when I have another um, spot, maybe an hour somewhere, I will go and divide each blog post that I'm about to write into paragraphs. So I'll write the headers for each paragraph. So now I always know there's an introduction, there's a, you know, of course, a ending, and then, you know, what's the idea that I really want to um, elaborate on. So I put those headers and I try to go for five, but sometimes I end up with three. So then I have those three paragraphs ready to go. And so then when I'm ready to write, I already have an idea in my head what I'm going to do. And then I just do a brain dump and I write. Then I have certain dates of the week that I sent them out that I have to publish. So then usually the day before I go into the blogs, I upload them, do the SEO, add the image, do all that back. And then I set it to go out usually early in the morning. And then right before I had go and publish, I go in one more time and I read it out loud. That's when I catch all my last little bits. I forgot a two or forgot a the, or, you know, I read the article out loud to myself and then I hit publish. So that's kind of my process. I'm pretty quick at it. I think for certain, I have one client I've been blogging for six years, three blogs a month about security company. It's a security company about security systems. So I can tell you about smart homes and commercial security and about the local community they're in. And so I've probably talked about, you know, uh, spring, summer, winter, fall, hurricane preparedness, you know, there's all these different topics and you can spin it different ways, but they've been very successful just with the blog, with the content, because there's new content every week. And so that really helps. So that keeps me going. Their phone rings because Google likes them because we have new content on the website. So, and then I have several other companies that I, that I blog for, but the process is really the same where I kind of find these periods of times, these blocks in my week or in my month where I can batch some of those, some of those things. So it sounds like I I love all the process you uh, you outlined. It's it probably helps combat writer's block or you know it creates a way where you're compartmentalizing your writing as opposed to feeling under the gun to write. But how do you and how do you advise your clients? Where does the content marketing strategy for fall in priority? You know, is that the first thing you tell your clients that they really should be incorporating? Or is that come after a robust digital or, or social media strategy, paid advertising? How do you approach what that marketing mix should be? All right. So that's a, that's a great question. Now, don't forget, I already mentioned that I'm the organic specialist. So I've, I work with people who implement the paid strategy. So we work very closely together. So sometimes I create the graphics and the copy 
And then we will, they will use that for the ads, which then we will publish to the organic feed. And at other times I create it for organic and they'll say, Hey, we want to run a campaign. What do you have scheduled or outgoing that we can pull into a likes campaign or we can do. But when I work with my own clients, as myself as a freelancer, everything starts with content. We have to figure out who their audience is. So we do do a strategy, but then it's all about the content. What are you willing as a business owner to share? How far, how much are you willing to share? Because the more they're willing to share, the more success they'll have. You know, even though they say to me, well, it's all about the business. I just had this conversation with one of my clients and I'm like, if you can just go give me some pictures, you know, that she has a horse, she has a barn, she's got dogs. I'm like, even if you don't want to be in the image, go outside on your lunch break and take a picture with your cup of coffee or your sandwich standing near the horse. You know, I just want to know what else you do. I know you're a business owner. I can talk about that all day long, but those real pictures, the real videos, the real story of the business owner being in the business or taking a break from the business is really what is going to connect you with your audience. Yes, you're sharing your expertise. Yes, you're telling people that, you know, you have a workshop coming up or that you have a new service or, you know, you have a special or you, you know, they should hire you for something. But it's really that human to human connection that really is what sells. And it comes through on social media. And especially if you're active on LinkedIn, you know, I can share a blog post all day long, but I can tell you a picture of me holding a mug with some coffee in it. <laughs> that gets me lots of likes. So you have to, that strategy has to include that human factor. I love that. It's, it's also more authentic. You know, people want to do business with people, not just nameless, faceless brands, right? The more you can put your client as a person in it, the more people were, are going to respond. Yes. So, I, you know, you've been in the biz for quite a while. It's, as you noted, like when you started, like the, the schooling available even for being a social media marketing professional was very different access to training. So, you know, what's, how has your approach to social media changed? Like what's, not the technical behind the scenes, but like, how are you evolved in you know, the way that you do social media now that you didn't do back then? I think it, the strategy part for sure. And the systems, when I started as a social media manager, I was very hands-on. I was doing all aspects of social media, which is great because I know all aspects of social media, but what I didn't have is that background of business knowledge and systems knowledge. And that's come in the last three or four years to me where I had processes in place, but I didn't name them and I, they, I couldn't hand them off to somebody. So what I've learned is if I put a process in place to name it and to uh, use tools to be able to duplicate them. So that way I can hand off my tasks to somebody else. That's the, the only way to grow as far as social media. I have the big picture I've seen. I've seen platforms come and go right now. Clubhouse is big. My client just asked me about Clubhouse and she went on this weekend. And what do you think, Doreen? And I'm just really cautious about those things. You know, there's cycles for all of that, but a lot of the same strategy applies. You know, I, you know, if you're looking, if you're thinking about looking back to say, for example, Facebook ads three years ago, and you would log in now for the first time, that interface is completely different. So, you know, people go, whoa, you know, I don't know. 
all of the same principles of marketing still apply. So as long as you understand how marketing wor works and if you have strategies in place and you know think about uh, repurposing content, a lot of that doesn't change. It's just the tools we use change. There you know, is a new platform maybe to incorporate, but the overall marketing, it still has to be, you have to communicate, you have to listen, you have to engage, you have to build community, you have to build your audience, you have to have an offer, you have to have a funnel. All those things are still there. It just might look a little bit different. So that's what I've seen. And the people that are still in it. When Heather and I were first starting, uh, people there, you know, that we we understand. I feel like old school, you know. Like I, I have this this knowledge, this you know, way back when we did it this way. And I sometimes feel bad for people who are just getting in it because they haven't seen that progress. Yet I know there's huge opportunity. It was just telling Heather that you know through COVID, so many more small businesses have had to pivot and go online. And even though I have clients that I had been telling forever, you need to do video, you need to do that. They might've been hesitant, but due to what happened to COVID, they've had to do that pivot. They've had to go online and, and be more technical. And so there's huge opportunity for people to support businesses like that. Our marketing, our marketing industry has really grown and, and we're embracing all the new people, I think, that are in this business. There's room, a lot of room for more people to, to, to join us and to, uh, especially those with skills and willing to work and learn. It's, it's hopping. It's really happening. Doreen, as an organic strategist, as you're calling yourself and, and your specialty, talk to us about some of these guerrilla tactics that you have been doing or that you've tried over the last few years. What do those look like? I think it's all about where you are. And when I started out, I was in a local community. I lived in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And again, when I started out, there was nobody else who called themselves a social media manager in the area at all. So there were a lot of small business owners who were very curious about that Twitter as, or that tweeter as they called it. And, you know, didn't really know how to create a Facebook group or, you know, what was Instagram when it came. So I was teaching people how to do that, but I was also, because I had lived in that community already for over 10 years, when I started, I was really well connected in the community. And so I was able to, as a guerrilla tactic, as you would maybe call it, I was able to match up my clients with other local either organizations or businesses, and we would team up on different marketing campaigns. For example, that security company that I talked about earlier, they wanted to support a local charity. So we went to the charity and we did um, a video with them, and then they became a sponsor to an event. I have had a client who was a college counselor, who of course his target audience is parents, um, of kids who are in high school. So we hooked him up with a local driving school who had the same target audience, right? So they put a marketing campaign together. So he was teaching some of his college classes at the location of the driving school and they were marketing together and sending newsletters to these parents. Then there was a company who did self-defense that I worked with. It was a nonprofit organization who teamed up with a local running store who I had written a strategy for and they did a self-defense class for runners. So those are the kind of marketing, you know, if your marketing dollars are, 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 your budget is small, 
Think about who else has your same audience and work with them and create campaigns, especially within a community. And even if it's a larger city, you can find other people who have similar objectives. Um, and that worked out really, really well. So I think people just, they're so afraid to collaborate. They're so afraid that there's competition or that it's going to be diluted. But when you as a business give and you give freely and you, you embrace the other business and you lift them up, only good things happen. And I think people are so afraid to do that. But that's one of the tactics that still, I think, still works and that people just forget to do. Doreen, have you ever tried anything that just completely bombed? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Of course I have. Uh, you know, there was one company, one local business that we thought we would do some memes and, you know, they, they didn't do very well. And, and, and I had one local business, I had to convince the owner to do a series of videos. And, you know, I, I brought my tripod and I brought, you know, lighting kit and everything. And I booked a whole time and she literally stood in front of the camera and cried. I can't do it. She said, she's like, I, I can't be in these videos when you're in the videos, it works and I can't do it. And she just, it bombed. And so I had to go back to, you know, me either showcasing her business or, you know, using still pictures. She just, I couldn't use the video. She just wasn't ready. And I don't think she's ready and she can't be on camera. And that's okay. I mean, that, that happens sometimes, you know, I was going to get her a coach and she's like, I just don't even want to do it, you know? And so that's okay. We tried and, you know, we, I, I, I felt like I tried to convince her for a while to do it and then it just didn't happen. And that's okay. We, we, we were able to figure out other ways to continue to support and showcase her business. And that's, what's so great about, you know, having all those tools in your, in your, your marketing toolkit, right? It's that you don't have to do everything for everybody. It's about finding that connection for that client that feels good and, and, and is great. So I'm curious because, you know, I just knowing that you're how connected you are in so the social media marketing professional world too. What do you, have you seen or do you see that makes you cringe? Like, you know, marketing that's being done on social that isn't being done well. Oh, there's lots of things that make me cringe. <laughs> Do I have to be honest about this? No, there are, you know, and some of that is personality, right? I, I know you, when you introduced me, everybody heard that I am Dutch and the Dutch are very pragmatic. They're very calm, cool, and collected. And so it's not in our nature to self-promote. It's not in our nature to say, look at me, look at me. So I see gurus, you know, self, self, you know, self-imposed, self-proclaimed gurus out there who are doing a lot of, you know, look at me, look at me, you know, and, and that just makes me cringe. Yet I know that it gets them leads. So that's one thing. There are still people out there who are buying likes, buying an audience, buying followers, and not necessarily other social media professionals, but there are agencies out there that do that. One of the things that I'm struggling with, not struggling, but that's happening right now as a content manager for one of my clients, I probably get pitched two to three times a day for people who want backlinks from from me because this blog is doing really well and they're in the social media sphere. And so people are literally pitching saying, I have written these articles. 
they would be really good for you. Can you just link to my blog and don't offer me anything? And I was like, I'm a person here and I have a business to run. And how about you say, would you like to collaborate together? Or I have something that could benefit you. And if you would consider adding a backlink, I would maybe consider adding a backlink too. So I am constantly telling people like, I will consider it if you consider it. What are you going to give me? You know, here you're taking time to come into my inbox and you want something from me, but you don't offer anything. And it's people that I don't know, people that compliment me on my blog, but I could tell they haven't really read it. So that's really a big, a big one that I'm dealing with right now. I'm trying to figure out the right message because sometimes it's, they don't know how to do it right. And sometimes I've continued to conversation and we end up working together. But most of the time it's like, nope, <laughs> no, thank you. This is not a good fit. But that's one of the things that's happening right now. People asking for backlinks and they're just, they don't really have a good strategy for it. Marina, I think so so interesting that because what I'm hearing you talk about too is like it's being reactive in marketing versus having that strategy and, and you setting the stage for what you want to accomplish in your own business, but you're having to react to all of these potential offers. And I think that can trip up a lot of businesses when they don't know what their own strategy should be, then you don't know how to react. But having a plan and knowing what you want for your own marketing is going to help you be a filter for all of that. Absolutely. Yeah. So we, we as a team have said, if we can get a blog post out of it, you know, that that would be good. But we have blog requirements for it to be a guest blog. And one of the first things I've learned is if you want a backlink and you want to write for me, I need to see what you're going to link to. So the first thing I say to them is this could be a possibility. Yes, you know, I consider you to give you a backlink if you write me a blog post, but I need to know what the link is first because I've learned to not let them write anything until I have the link. And then they give me a link and I'm like, no, I can't link to that. And then, you know, we, you know, that, that, so that's part of what, what I'm, what I'm dealing with, but yeah, having a strategy in place for what you want to accomplish when people contact you is, is, is important. Is a really good point, Jennifer. And Doreen, I want to go back to the comment about people buying likes. So that's say what we in the business would call a vanity metric, right? People want this big number for Facebook followers, Twitter followers, what metrics do you consider to be valuable? And, and how do you tell your clients, you know, interpreting metrics, what's important and what should they be looking for? So the first metric would be growth, any, any kind of growth. So you can't measure growth if you don't have a baseline. So any client I start with, I start with social media audit. I need to know where you are right now. I need to know your footprint right now on social media. It doesn't matter if you're just starting or if you've been doing business for five years or 10 years, I need to know where you are and what kind of engagement you have and what kind of content you have. And then we look for engagement, right? What are people talking about? Are they reacting? Are they just reacting and not talking? Are you asking the right questions? And then growth. Yeah, we want follower growth for sure, but we really want people to click links. We really want them to go and do something, right? So there's a call to action. So depending on and this is every, any strategy starts with a goal. So if your goal is to sell a service, 
you need to have people clicking somewhere on your website in order to sell that service, or you need them to click to a demo, right? So it just all depends on what your goals are and, and what you want to do. So vanity metrics are still important to business owners, and I get it. And it is more important the bigger companies I work with because they have stakeholders, they have shareholders, they have, they might have been, you know, ready for uh, maybe there's a takeover or maybe they're thinking about selling their business. So it's important to them to have that. And they're comparing themselves to their competitors. So there is still, is still room for likes campaigns, you know, running Facebook ads, but buying likes doesn't do anything but bring down that reach and that engagement because those are not really real people. And, and once you explain that part, it's usually pretty evident, but it's very tempting. It's very cheap. It's very cheap. You could just get a bunch of bots to like and, you know, get to a thousand likes on Facebook in five minutes, you know, so I can see where that's, you know, for somebody who doesn't know anything that that's attractive, but ultimately that's going to hurt you because then when you do hire somebody, they're going to have to manually remove all of those in order to get any traction. So really what I'm looking for is what are people talking to either on Facebook or LinkedIn to the page about what are they saying? Are they liking your videos? Are they watching your videos? Are they clicking through? Are they buying anything? When you have a call to action or you have a funny post, are people engaging with you? I mean, that's really it. Yeah, you can have all these business blogs and all these things going out. But if you post a picture of yourself holding a cup of, cup of coffee, do they know your name? Do they know who you are if you're the business owner? Do they, can they name you, right? They're going to inquire about your dog or are you going to inquire about your daughter going off to college? Or are going to inquire about, hey, is there still snow in Vermont, right? So if they start talking to you about those other things you might have mentioned, you know you have an engaged audience. So growth looks different for every single business owner. And so it really, for me, it's any strategy. The first question I ask it, what are your goals? Why do you want to be on social media? What do you want to accomplish? And then we go about accomplishing that. Yeah, I think just setting that benchmark is so important to make sure that you're able to go back and see, is this working? Yeah. And it it also goes back to that relationship, right? You know, we want to make a relationship and a connection. So I want to change directions just a bit. You are an international speaker. You do videos a lot. You're a writer. I know that you've helped your clients get in front of cameras and you've helped your clients get speaking is there anything out there that scares you? Is there anything that you haven't yet tried that? Yes. And as you're asking the question, I have a pit in my stomach. <laughs> Ooh, tell us. I want to write a book. I have had put it on my, I, every October, I make my own strategy and I write out a strategy for the next year. I go over what worked this year. What do I want to accomplish? I've put writing a book on my, on my strategy several years. And as I was sharing before, I, I have four kids and I've had, there were a couple of years that teenage years were really hard. And so I didn't get to accomplish that. So I, I do want to put that back on my list. I also have created a social media course in 2015 that I never launched. So I'm thinking about redoing that, relaunching a course and relaunching my own live show, which I had. Sometimes life gets in the way and that's okay. I know you're both mothers as well. And, you know, when you have to you know, pick one over the other, then it's very easy to say, you know, this is, I can put that aside, but I have some of those goals and those things scare me. You know, it's very easy for me to be on a podcast and somebody else hosts it, but to commit to something weekly or commit to 
and I have to ask the questions, it's a little bit harder. So those things do scare me to keep that running in the long term. And part of that is, and, and that's my own insecurity, and I'm very transparent. It was that initially that credibility versus credentials. And, and usually people have something when they get started. I had neither. I have a high school diploma. I do not have a college degree. I had been out of the workforce. I'd never actually been in an official work environment. I'd been a nanny and then a mom. So I'd never been part of a business and never. So that was really hard for me to get past my own thinking like I'm not, I'm not good enough or why am I doing this? And even though I jumped in, it was still very scary. So I have kind of gotten past that by doing certification. I have a certification as a social media manager from a social media strategist from social media pro. I became an agile marketer last year, which was a two day full immersion workshop, which was right before COVID, which is really cool. And that's really helped me grow my business, the agile framework. So I feel like I'm beyond that. I should be beyond that now, but I still have that imposter syndrome sometimes. So that, the, you know, if you're asking me what scares you, that that kind of scares me. Like, am I getting too big for my britches? You know, Doreen, I think, I don't know if there's a single client that we've worked with and we work with some rock star founders, entrepreneurs who've grown massive footholds in the community who hasn't at some point shared with me their, that exact feeling. And, and I know I've felt it too. It is so universal, but I think we all, sweep it under the rug because, because it's vulnerable, right? And it's not what we want to project to potential clients, but I think it's what keeps us real and grounded. And I think, honestly, when I hear you talk, I feel like that's what separates someone who's a true professional from someone who is out there just, you know, saying me, 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 because they have some confidence. It doesn't mean they have, they have the ability to make it work. So kudos to you. And I would love to know as we're coming Coming towards the end here, you know, you've, you've shared quite a few of the credentials that you've, you've achieved and your own studying, but who in the business or what, what source in the business do you look up to for, whether it's inspiration or ongoing, you know, sort of training or, or upkeep of your skills? So there's quite a few people in the business who are the real deal. And I'm lucky enough to have been able to attend live workshop as part of my international speaking circuit in 2007, October 2016, my goal was to become a paid speaker. And that meant in 2017, I had to get onto 12 stages because I realized in order to become a paid speaker, you have to have a speaking resume. And so I did that. And the other part, the other thing that I've done, if I've invested time in going and money into going to these conferences and as a freelancer, that's a lot of money to fly out to say social media marketing world in California or to an inbound in Boston. But in order to, to do that, I invested in that and that's where I've met some really amazing people. I mean, Heather and I have met at Social Media Marketing World several times, which is amazing. Mari Smith, who, you know, is the queen of Facebook. She's as real as can be. I love her and she just has incredible knowledge. I'm very good friends with Vivica von Rosen, who is a LinkedIn expert. She lives in Colorado. We met at a at a COVID wedding in Vermont because her best friend lives in Vermont here and you know, I've really got to know her and I love her. And so there's real gems out there. Another one is Jessica Phillips, who, you know, is is young and 
you know, is raising three young girls and has this kick-ass agency that she's running and she just invests a lot of time in in uh, self-care and and growing and I love her and and what she does and she's somebody who gave me a chance to speak at her conference and so there's quite a few women especially that I look up to that are the real deal that are might be a little more quiet on social media than others but they're working and they're 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 doing the hard work and they're showing what can be done and not just saying what should be done. And those are just a few. I mean, there's plenty of others out there as well. Doreen, if you could go back to 2010, 2011, when you and I were in that social collective and we were starting to write and explore social media, what what would you tell yourself back then about what you know now? Invest five to 10 hours a week, maybe half a day or a full day a week in business development. It came a little late to me, that realization that it was important that I do that. And it's fine. It was my own pace. But I would have said, Doreen, you can do it. Go spend you know, four hours a week or eight hours a week. Block that time and go do that learning, get certified, maybe take a business class at night, learn how to run a business as a businesswoman, you are a businesswoman. And I use that freelancer a lot and a social media manager. And I even use that word just a lot. And I don't do that anymore. Or I try not to do that anymore, not use that. I am a social media strategist and I am an organic specialist. And those are the things that I, if I had to go tell myself, you know, go do those a lot earlier, I would have probably developed some of the skills I have a lot quicker. On the other hand, I'm very proud of the journey because I had four kids at home. You know, I, I, you know, we moved from South Carolina to Vermont. There were a lot of things in my life that I had to take care of. So I think the timing was just perfect, but maybe, maybe would have, you know, give myself a little kick in the butt there a little earlier. (laughs) That's right. You are a social media strategist and a marketing expert, and we appreciate the time that you spent here so much during, where can our listeners find you if they want more of your wisdom? All right. Well, actually, the more is where you can get it more in media. Uh, That's my handle. I was lucky enough to get that everywhere. So on LinkedIn, you can, I think it's my LinkedIn handle, more in media and on no on Instagram, on Twitter, but also my name is pretty unique. I think there's only one Doreen Morin Van Dam. I use that Van Dam is the Dutch. It's my Dutch last name. And in the Netherlands, once you're born with that name, it will always stay with you in my passport. I'm Doreen Van Dam and my Dutch passport. So it's pretty unique. So, and and then always look for the orange glasses. So either more in media or Doreen more in Vendam. There is just one me out there. So it's easy to find me. And I would love for you to connect with me on LinkedIn. That is great. Thank you again for sharing all of these nuggets of wisdom. I know I learned a lot and enjoyed hearing about your journey and your expertise and, and know our listeners will too. So thank you for tuning in and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll come back. Subscribe to The M Word wherever you listen to podcasts. And for more uncensored conversations, visit the M Word page at arlingtonstrategy.com.